I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. St. Luke tells us this story at the beginning of, of his gospel. I have made an examination of the material. I have talked to all the eyewitnesses that I can. I have received the preached, preached message and the stories that have been handed down. And now I'm going to write this whole thing down in an orderly fashion for you, Theophilus. Maybe that's a specific person. The word literally means the God-loving person, so it could also refer to a collective person. And so, and so he will write the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, telling the whole story of the life of Jesus and the early church all the way up to the point of his writing. Imagine most of us never really think about where do the Gospels come from? We kind of have this image of the Holy Spirit just dictating all the events and a person writing, taking down that dictation. Or perhaps a book just kind of drops out of heaven to us. But St. Luke describes the process. I've gone around and I've talked to people who are eyewitnesses and compiled this into an orderly narrative for you. What he describes happens with and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, yes, Every word of scripture is God's word. But how this divine word becomes to be written down in a human word uses the entire human nature of the author. All of St. Luke's thoughts, the kind of guy he is, his character, his culture, everything, and those who had helped refine the text to, to where it re reached its final form. The Holy Spirit is at work in all of it. But it uses... The Holy Spirit uses human instruments. And you can go to the Catholic Answers website and read a nice little article called The Evolution of the Gospels, written by a Benedictine monk on the topic of where the Gospels came from and, and how and why. But we can take the Gospels for granted. But we should realize that the reason we have the Gospels, and here specifically the Gospel of St. Luke, is because St. Luke decided to write it down. Someone decided to write it down for us. It took St. Luke himself to investigate and to record all these events. And in these first verses of his gospel, we come to know who St. Luke is, where he's at in his life, what's important to him, who are the people around him who need him, and what he wants to accomplish. And in doing that, he, he asks himself, hey, what's the best thing I can do to build the kingdom of God? Because of who I am, what I can do, who's around me, and their needs. And you know what? And for me, St. Luke, the best thing to do for the building of the kingdom of God is I need to write this down. I'm going to write the whole story down in an orderly way so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Now let's think about our own situation today. We've been given the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. We have knowledge and understanding of Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. We know who we are and what we're supposed to do, who we are supposed to be and how we are supposed to act. And if we don't, we can look it up. 
in the teachings of our church. And we are also surrounded by this community, this neighborhood, this society, and this world as it is, not as, not as, as we would wish it. And so, like St. Luke, we should ask ourselves the question, what is the best thing I can do to build the kingdom of God? What are the things I can do to help bring to fulfillment the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, as we pray in the Our Father? When I think about that for myself, I can't think of a better way than to be a parish priest and to run a parish school well. To have a parish school where kids come to be formed academically in the context of a loving and safe environment that also forms them humanly and spiritually and morally. I think that's the best way, the best thing I can do to help offer, to facilitate and to foster an encounter with Jesus Christ. The best thing I can do to pass on the Catholic faith is to help run a parish school well. And that's the reason we have a parish school here at CTK. It exists to pass on the Catholic faith and to educate our children. It's the primary arm of evangelization in this parish. And the beautiful thing is, is that instead of having to go out and knock on doors, people bring their children here on site at the parish. And this is shown to be the recipe for evangelization for hundreds of years in the Catholic Church. Because we have to remember when we think of education, the Catholic Church invented the Western system of education. The Catholic Church invented the university, invented modern education as, as we know it. And so this week we celebrate Catholic Schools Week. We celebrate how so for many years, decades, as an integral part of the life of this parish, parish children have been coming to our school to be formed into disciples, into kids who can hear the Lord when he calls and are willing to follow him. Why is our parish school important? Well, first and foremost, it's important because it helps parents fulfill the promises they made at their children's baptism. Parents, if you remember, when you brought your children to baptism, you promised before God and the community that you would bring up your children in the practice of the faith, literally to train him or her in the faith. And as we know, fulfilling those promises is no small thing in our, in our modern world. Everything from worldly friends to the internet to movies, cartoons, books, billboards, TV, they are all proposing and forming children to think and to act in a certain way, often in opposition to Christ and even perhaps to the natural law and the order of creation. Raising Christians in a Christian family takes a lot. And so what the Catholic school does is that it helps parents in this arena by establishing what we call an intermediate culture. That is a culture that exists between the family and the wider society. 
And what that culture does, it helps to protect, to nurture, and to strengthen children and their families. It can also act as a buffer against the many harmful currents of the larger culture which try to rob our children of their, of their innocence and to try to form them in a way that is often against Christ. An essential element to passing on the faith is a regular and systematic religious education. Children need to learn the Bible stories, the stories of the life of Jesus and his blessed mother, the stories of the saints. Children need to see their parents living an example of the Christian life in the home. Children need to have their intelligence trained in the ways of faith because our faith is reasonable. And this, this formation has to happen not only in the second grade to prepare for First Confession and First Holy Communion. If their religious education gets stopped at the second grade level and they go on with their life and the rest of their mind is formed in another way, and then they encounter the hard questions of life and, and, the, and the hard questions that the world throws at them, that second grade faith is going to be found wholly inadequate to respond to those questions. So it's important to be able to understand and able to speak intelligently about the faith, not only for our own holiness, but to go back to our question to help accomplish the mission of the church, which is the establishment of the kingdom on earth. The mission that Jesus gives to each one of us as members of his body. So though the school can never be a substitute for the parents, because as the church teaches, the parents are always the primary educators of their children, that the, the Christless King of School can certainly be a big help to parents in fulfilling those promises made at baptism. You know, when I think about uh, being a pastor of a, of a parish with a school, and most of my, my pastor buddies are pastors of schools, we always like to joke, it's like, man, if you're a priest and you don't have a school, what do you do all day? <laughs> right? You eat ice cream, read the Bible, count the money, Right? And I say that because, you know, to have a parish school, it requires an enormous amount of energy and attention. Right? And I've, I've been here seven months, and that the, school has, the school takes usually at least 50% of my time. Sometimes, in the last few months, it's taken 100% of my time. Right? But that is the primary arm of evangelization in our parish. That's our primary focus of what we, who we are as a parish. And, and, uh, but I couldn't imagine our parish without our parish school. It definitely wouldn't be the same vibrant, faithful community, and we would be much diminished. Now, here are some statistics. This comes from the Cara Institute out of Georgetown University says this, those who attend Catholic elementary school are four times more likely to be a practicing Catholic when they're 30. Those who continue into middle school, that number goes from four to six times more likely to be Catholic when they're 30. And if they go to a Catholic high school, they are eight times more likely to still be Catholic at age 30. 
Now, of course, that presumes that the Catholic faith is being, has a, the school has a Catholic identity and the faith is being taught in an integral way. But what that stat says is one of the best chances that we have for keeping our children in the church is by forming them in the parish school. And the same is true with, about the vocations to the priesthood and religious life. Among young men, if, if, a, if a boy goes to a Catholic school, one in four of them think about the priesthood. The stat is if they don't go to a Catholic school, that number jumps to one in ten. So by, by being in the Catholic school, more than twice as likely to think about a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. The Archdiocese of Seattle just released some of their statistics, and I would think that it'd probably be very similar to us here in Portland. We have a very similar culture and demographic. That They, they, they uh, noticed that parishes with schools have twice as many baptisms as parishes who don't have schools. And that's for, for babies, for children, for teens and adults. And parishes with schools have twice as many people joining the church each year from other religions than those who do not have schools. It's pretty impressive. And you just saw those who are being going to be received into the church making this, this step forward into the catechumenate. Two-thirds of them are from the school. Right? So it shows you what, what the, the impact that the school can have on the parish, but also how the parish can have an impact on the school. I know those, some of those who were up there, like, you think how kind of nervous they were to be up there, to kind of just kind of stand and be counted by all of us. But, as, you know, we welcome them with open arms and are very excited about this, this step that they're taking. But that's true. That's because school parents who see the community both in the school and in the parish... They see a faith being lived out in community, and they say, you know what? I'd like to be a part of that. I'd like to have that in my life. And so they come. Now, with all those statistics, you know, that gives us kind of an, an objective number at the sign of the vibrancy and life of, that the school brings to a parish, I'll admit, of course, that is no guarantee for perfect success, that you're, you know, that kids will be Catholic when they're when they're adults, right? There's there's many there's many factors in that, but the Catholic school can have a huge impact on the hearts of our young people. Now, that being said, about how the school enriches the parish, I also am very aware of my few months here in this parish that our parish is very supportive of our school. Do you know that our offertory helps to provide 10% of the operating budget of the school every year. And we help to keep building up the school's endowment and providing a lot of tuition assistance to families. Now, at the end of Mass, we're going to hear from one of our, our young parishioners, uh, Michael Doran, who attends the school and uh, about the impact that it's, it's, it's had on his life. But I'd want to say very clearly to the parish that the strength of the parish school comes from the families here. The families that are in the pews Sunday after Sunday. To have a strong school needs to come, the backbone of that school needs to come from the, par the, the parishioners of this parish and the, and the parishioners who are actively practicing the faith and seeking to raise their children Catholic.
And so I want to say very clearly to you that I really would like to encourage to have your children in the school and that anyone, any Catholic parent who practices the faith and who wants a Catholic Christ-centered education for their child, we will work hard to make that possible. That finances should not hold you back. That we, can, we work hard to make a Catholic education affordable, especially for these families that I see before me. And as the pastor, I know I fully intend to continue to develop the Catholic identity of in our school's environment and in the schedule and in the curriculum. Our parish school is first and foremost for you. So I know for myself that when I think about the best way for me to build up the kingdom of God here in Clackamas County, how can I be most effective at planting the seeds of the gospel? I think our parish school is a fantastic way that we have as a parish to hand on the faith to our children. So back to our original question. What is the best thing I can do to build the kingdom of God on earth? For St. Luke, it was to thoroughly investigate and to accurately record the gospel so that successive generations could share in the salvation that Jesus Christ has won for us. For me, it's to be a priest, to be a pastor here at Christ the King, and to be a part of help running our parish school well. For you parents, it's to fulfill the baptismal promises you made for your children at baptism. Let's pray that we are all faithful to do our part in building the kingdom of heaven here.